Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. What's good, everyone? Welcome to the first episode of the Parenting Cipher, sponsored by FemPower Media. I'm your host, Jeannie Dawkins, the Parent Confidence Strategist, and I help parents become more confident in navigating their children's disabilities so that they can reach their highest potential in life and in school. And I wanted to talk to you about what the Parenting Cipher is all about. And to do that, I want to take you on a journey with me for just a minute. So I grew up in Washington, D.C. during the 80s when D.C. was truly Chocolate City. And to us natives back then, it was called Dodge City. I was raised a Black Muslim by middle-class parents who both came from Southeast D.C. And as a young boy, my dad worked for Mr. Harris. We actually called him Grandpa. And he would do hauling in Uptown D.C. And my dad would get on the back of this truck and he would cross this bridge into Uptown D.C. And as my dad would say, he was able to see how the better half lived. And when my dad crossed that bridge every day to go to work, he stepped into a world of infinite possibilities. My dad joined the revolution, as he would say, by joining the Islamic Party, which is an African-American Islamic group that was actually created on Howard University's campus. And we were Black Muslims, but we weren't Black Muslims. (laughs) We didn't follow Elijah Muhammad. We followed Sunni Islam and the words of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. And because part of the revolution is community, the community was made up of people from different states and economic backgrounds in education, and they all had the one idea of creating a future better for their children. But my dad has always been a trailblazer. So even while a lot of Muslims would follow word to word what the imam would say, my dad did his own thing. And one of those things was music. Muslims back then didn't listen to music, but my dad, no. He loved jazz. And you could find him at home in the back room with his bass just strumming along and talking about jazz as a revolution. Also part of the revolution was that my mom and the sisters created a school for us. And this was a school where we got to focus on our deen or our Islam, but it also gave us a place where as black children, we were able to get the best quality of education that we could get at that time. As I grew older, most Muslims I knew did not listen to music while my parents listened to jazz and R&B. So I'll never forget the moment I was in class and I heard the intro beat to a children's story. That's when I started to love hip hop. Hip hop was a revolution. I remember watching Electric Boogaloo 1 and 2, Crush Groove and Beat Street because it was beyond a beat and a rhyme. I love the rap battles and the b-boy battles, which occurred in a circle, a cypher. A cypher is a place where we challenge each other to be better, where we build off of each other and push ourselves out of our comfort zone to come out on the other end different and better. That's why I call this community the parenting cypher. It's our place to build and challenge each other to grow while supporting each other. The Parenting Cipher is a place where we get to talk about holistic living beyond our child with the diagnosis. Who am I? So I am a parent with four kids with different cognitive and behavioral diagnosis. And the funny thing about that is because I came from a Muslim school and my mom is so entrenched in education, I wanted my children to have the best. Like I felt like the best education is an opportunity 
for them to go beyond me. So my children have always gone to schools with excellent curriculums. If they weren't excellent, I just pushed on to get them into another school that had an excellent curriculum. My children have gone to private schools. Uh, Yeah, I don't really pay much for that. And to do those things and then come to a place where you're depending on someone to let you know if something is off and then to come out of that disappointed is a lesson. And my kids went to top tier private schools and my daughter had ADHD and she had it for a while. And an assignment was for supposed to be for 20 minutes. It would take my daughter an hour. And I would constantly ask the teacher, is that okay? You know, should there be some type of testing? And she always tell me it's developmental. I don't know how many of you have ever heard that. It's developmental. All kids grow differently at different times. And (laughs) you take their word for it because their doctor or their teacher and, you know, they should know. And by the time she had gotten to eighth grade, they, the school said, well, we know intellectually she should be able to do the work. We don't understand what's going on with her ability to actually execute. Um, and we we won't be offering her a seat for high school. She was devastated. And I had actually at that time realized something was off. And I got on WebMD and I was like, oh, I'm going to figure out what's wrong with my baby. And she had ADHD. But the thing is, is this. The majority of those girls in her class had ADHD. But what's the difference between my daughter and their daughter? The difference is they are rich white people who actually know the importance in the way that you can angle a disability. Also, the earlier you can intervene for your child, the better they are off when they get older. So they're testing their children early. While I'm over here like, oh, I, I think something's wrong. Their children had been on medication. They had been receiving therapies. They were managing their diagnosis while my daughter was floundering. And the one thing I started to also realize was rich white people test their children for variant of reasons. One is you want your child to be able to make progress or live a full life without you. So that's one. But two, here's the thing with these tests. So you get your child diagnosed. When your child is in a school that has a quality curriculum, there's one goal at the end of the tunnel. The goal is to get their child in the best college. So the curriculum is tailored to ensure that when they take that SAT, they have all of the pieces together. So part of that SAT is what? Taking the test. Timing. If your child has a disability, the test section that is 50 minutes, your child can get up to 48 hours to complete that test. Yeah, you heard. 40 hours. So that's another plus for them to make sure that they get their child tested. We don't have these conversations because we don't know this, right? So I'm learning these things with my daughter. And as well, at the same time, I have a child who is at that time, he was four. And they're asking me, like, do you understand when he talks? Yeah, I understand when he talks. But then I was like... No, not so much. I just know because I'm his mother. And they asked, you know, do you want to do a pre-screening? We did a pre-screening and he has articulation problems. Okay. You know, he starts attending up a public charter school, a bilingual public charter school. And they're like, it's kindergarten. Oh, we want to hold him back. Well, why, why are we holding him back? Is something wrong? No, 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 Miss Dawkins, nothing's wrong. You know, just all kids develop differently. Okay. All right. We can do that. You know, because he's a young, you know, he's like getting in school by the skin of his teeth young. So we fast forward two years. I'm looking at his grades. You know, he's not really progressing. I mentioned testing. Oh, no. 
all kids develop differently. Yo, Mm-mm. no ma'am, no ma'am. Um, I'm dealing with a daughter who is going through some things because I listened to people like you before. So I'm going to use my good internet and I'm going to figure this thing out. You know, I came back, I said, I want him tested. And these are the ways I want him tested. I'm going to flip this thing on you. You want to talk about developmental. I'm going to take it back. Look, his family has a history of developmental and cognitive disabilities. Therefore, his chances of actually having one are high. I want you to test my child. And they tested my child. We, you know, we had to go back and forth a little bit, but they tested him. Came back. Your son has specific learning disorder, reading. Well, he has dyslexia, y'all. That's what that means. Okay. You hear that? That's what that means. Okay. And that was the focus. And I'm sitting there at the table and they're making goals and they're basically trying to just diminish like every accommodation. Cause I sat there and I read that test and I talked to people before I sat at the table for the individualized education plan. And I said, Oh, so y'all, but y'all not, y'all not going to listen to me. Y'all not going to listen to mama. Cause they already had a plan in place. The cookie cutter plan, not the individualized education plan. So they kept him in the same reading intervention program that he was in before. You, you heard me. Same program before the diagnosis. That wasn't working. And it's not going to work for me. They're reading the IP. And I said to them, I said, so according to this plan, he's always going to be two years behind. And they said, oh, yes, but he will be steadily making progress. Oh, this is this is not going to work for me. No, no, no. Because not only is he two years behind, he knows he's two years behind. He knows he can't read. At this point, my son is not talking to other kids at all. He's ashamed. He has anxiety. If kids are laughing, they're laughing at him. No, we're not going to do this. This two-year thing didn't work for me. Nah, 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 nah. I went and used my good health insurance, and I created a team around my child outside of school. Took all of their notes, went back to school, came back and said, okay, look, took your testing. My son has autism spectrum disorder. Oh, oh, Mr. Dawkins, Mr. Dawkins, where'd you, did you do additional testing? No, I took your testing to a psychiatrist who said to go get an occupational therapy exam as well, assessment. And the fact that on your testing, you have this humongous deviation between a child who can't read to their reading comprehension almost in a high school level and he is in second grade. You should have seen that, but I digress. That whole journey made me salty. And I was like, how many parents does this happen to? How many black parents? does this happen to when we live in a society that has already stigmatized us academically like legit the police department has a number of students in the black community that once you don't pass a certain point we already know you're going to jail and then you throw in a disability you don't you're not even creating anything for my child to succeed you're just doing something to meet the idea act to say that you're trying but you're not trying how many parents i didn't like that that was salty for me you know because you don't you know that something thing is wrong and you want help, but you don't have the correct words or the correct request. So then they do what they want. I want you to help my child. Oh, is it behavior? We're just going to give him an ADHD test. No, 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 no. I want the whole thing. I want the full test. I want a neuroeducational assessment. That's what I need. So that made me turn to this work. Like this is my work. I'm a parent and confidence strategist because one of the things that they attack is our confidence as a parent. They use what we don't know against us. And when we sit there and we want to advocate for our child, we have this whole dialogue. I don't know about anyone else, but you sit with a teacher and they start questioning you like you the problem. I ain't the problem. Sis, I'm not the problem. There's things I may not know, but I am not the problem. You know, we, we need to be a team. You're not charged. And that is why I am the parent and confident strategist. 
I help people create strategies for you to help your vision with your your child come into fruition. Regardless, you don't need to know all the things. You think business owners know all the things? They don't. What they know is this is my vision. Okay, I'm sitting at the table. What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? Once you know what everybody does, then you know how they fit they, how they fit into your vision. This is what the parenting cipher tip does. I bring in the people that's on the team and they let you know what they do so that you can actually start creating this plan so that you can lead. That's what my tagline, decode, connect, and lead means. And then this season in the cipher, what you can expect from me is really, really cool professionals from different backgrounds. And if you have someone or you have a professional that you're like, what do you do? And you want to know, you know, popping into my DMs at the Parent Cipher on Instagram or Facebook, let me know. And I'll bring somebody on the show. We always discuss music on each episode. Each episode title is based on the guest's favorite song. And that's because I feel like music is the thing that sits in our souls. And there is a track for every major event that you hear playing. Or when you hear that track, you're like, oh, shucks. And as you listen to every guest answer that question, you really get that feeling of like, oh, I see you. So I am so excited to share that with everyone. And I would love to hear what's your favorite hip hop song or your favorite track that you use to pump yourself up. Let me know. Let me know on Instagram or Facebook. Parenting Cypher is a revolution. And as Gil Scott Heron says, the revolution will not be televised. So I'd like to welcome you to step into the cipher.